if you do not know what success looks like for you, how are you going to make a roadmap to achieve it? If I say that as a small business owner, you should be doing sales forecasting for your business, you might try to brush aside the idea saying that it is something that is for big organizations or enterprises. You don't need to do it. But listen, my love, sales forecasting is as important for a small business as it is for any large corporate. It is not just an enterprise jargon because it actually helps you to know your projected revenue and predicted business growth for a given year. And we arrive at this revenue figure basis your previous sales data, competitor study and market analysis. Now, hold on, don't get scared. Here at Ace the Sales Podcast, my intention is to simplify every sales concept for you. So in order to do that, in order to help you understand easily what sales forecasting is and how you as a small business owner can do it, I have got on show my friend Roshni Rath Gupta, who is a cybersecurity sales specialist and has been in the sales domain for more than 20 years. Today, she is going to help us navigate the topic of sales forecasting in a very easy to understand manner. But before we get to that, a special joy moment I wanted to share with you and all my listeners. It is that Ace the Sales podcast has recently won the award of being the most empowering podcast by Winspec, one of India's leading content and media platform for women. While I am thrilled by this recognition, I am also taking this as an acknowledgement that we are actually doing something right around this podcast. We are able to deliver value to you and more listeners like yourself who listen to this podcast and derive so many useful takeaways. So thank you so much for being around. Keep sharing your love. Keep pouring in your five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes or your podcast listening app because that helps this podcast reach more and more entrepreneurs like yourself, helping them sell more and grow more. And now, let's bring my namesake Roshni onto the mic. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baronia, your host for the show Ace the Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and most influential self to each sales conversation. Hey, Roshni, welcome to the show. It's actually quite amusing to welcome my namesake on the show. So welcome here. Thank you. Thank you, Roshni. Yes, uh, you know, it's funny and it's uh, as well as amazing to have somebody like you with the same name. So yes, thank you. So Roshni, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey into being a sales leader, how you started out and how it is going. Okay, so, you know, uh, I think I always uh, had the sales quotient in me and uh, just that it took some time for me to discover that this is my passion. I started off as a techie uh, way back, nearly 16 years back, uh, part of Wipro Enterprise Security Solutions and uh, was five years into it. But because I always loved connecting technology and business, most of my seniors asked me to move to the sales side of it and become a business analyst. And then uh, I thought I'll take the plunge. I finished my MBA and joined Wipro Infotech with the India-based customer. 
in my first year of sales i did five times my number and it was amazing you know we, our team got a solitaire sales award and uh, those extra numbers funded my uh, foreign honeymoon and i got wow, my kids wow that's so, so amazing <laughs> good thing yes and uh, yeah and that's how i moved into sales and i was very sure that i'm meant for this and last 10 years i've been in field sales i have uh, you know by the blessings of my parents and all the supportive people around i've done really well in sales and uh, i i now help a lot of entrepreneurs especially from small and medium scale entrepreneurs and startups uh, to monetize their ideas i think the the thing which which have set me apart i'm done well in sales is quickly understanding which uh, you know deals are real and which are just fake and so i could pick the deals very sensitively and work on them to closure and i think that's how i've been successful and that's my sales journey i presently work with microsoft as a senior security specialist uh, where i'm responsible for the security business for retail growth and uh, government in south and west of india that's amazing that's a, a wonderful journey that you've had in sales and uh, how rightly you pointed out that uh, your your uh, strength is that you identify the right kind of deals amongst all the prithola of opportunities that are out there in front of you you are strategic and mindful about which opportunity to pick up on which deal to pick up on and work towards it very rightly pointed out thank you so roshni i want to discuss one very critical and scary topic for many which is sales forecasting and i'm sure majority of the small business owners are not doing this because uh, they think that it is a very corporateish thing only big organizations do it but you and i know that it is very very important for small business owners as well to do this but uh, just so that we do not scare away our listeners let's start from the basics of basics and tell me is revenue forecasting and sales forecasting one and the same thing and if one is not doing forecasting in business what are some of the side effects or disadvantages uh see revenue and sales forecasting are similar but depending on the payment terms and the business model it can differ for example you sell a product and along with it you sell a 3 year support service okay like i sell a ac to you and 3 years i also sell that i'll i'll maintain the ac for you but the customer will only pay for the first year so in this case my sale is for 3 years so the value is much bigger while the revenue forecasting which be much smaller because i'm doing a yearly forecast in this case so that's how a revenue and sale forecast would differ as per me but overall it's a similar thing so uh, just to especially you know especially these days we are all on cloud in the it world so in cloud cloud uh, world the sales and revenue is very different it's monthly billing so uh, the payment terms becomes very crucial in this case mm-hmm. okay and the second part of the question was that uh, if one is not doing sales forecasting or revenue forecasting in their business what are the disadvantages right i i think uh, you know there are two major disadvantage one is how do you plan your investments if you do not know what is going to come in and second is how do you woo your investors if you can't show them the bigger picture because see nobody is going to uh, believe on us uh, based on what all we've done previously but the bigger picture we show that is what makes you know us uh, 
credible and as lucrative in the eyes of an investor. I always give this example to my uh, entrepreneur community that, you know, the um, producers don't pay Deepika Padukone for all the hit movies she has given, but she gets that money because for all the potential she has to give those hits. Forecast is like that, you know, your potential as a business owner of where you can take the business. Exactly, exactly. So while uh, it also displays your potential and your vision as to where you want to take the business, it becomes like a goalpost for others also to relate to where the business is headed. And at the uh, other end, I think it gives a lot of uh, clarity for the business owner herself to uh, plan out things for herself in the business. Uh, investors putting in the money is one aspect, but also knowing yourself where you are going to spend that money, where you are going to uh, uh, get your resources from, what should the uh, decision making look like in terms of investments, expenses and everyday uh, operational issues. So, so that uh, forecasting, that goal setting that you've done will act like a, a benchmark in a lighthouse to keep you focused yes rightly said so uh roshni uh, let's uh, take this a uh, step deeper and uh, actually explore what does sales forecasting mean in terms of breaking it down in terms of what activities are involved and uh, what information one needs to keep handing while doing forecasting See, in simple terms, sale forecasting means how you can predict your closure or sale of your business. And sale of your business is not closed, you know, until that money comes in to your bank account. How much, uh, you know, uh, cliche it might sound to you and me, but that's the reality of sale, be it a big company or um, you small and medium startups. So the point here is uh, simple things that we need before sale forecasting. Um, there are a lot of things, but you know, something that is very close to my heart and for which I think I've done well in sales forecasting is something called, uh, in IBM, uh, we used to call it CRA and it's called compelling reason to act for the customer. See, I want to sell 10 glasses in this month, but what is your requirement to buy those 10 glasses, you already have five, you will not buy five, you'll only buy five more, then I need to find another customer who needs the other five. So, you know, when we forecast and we say that I'm, I'm going to get this much of revenue, I all should also know the customers that I'm going to sell that to get that revenue and whether those customers really have a compelling reason for to act or they, they can buy after two, two years. So they will be your customer. But that understanding of timing, you know, when you are forecasting, understanding your customer's requirement, when you are forecasting, understanding the economics, right? Is it the right time? Like during COVID, people were not spending. So understanding the situation, the economics, the surrounding before your forecast is also very important. Right. That, that is a very critical aspect that uh, the timeline, what we also uh, understand as the sales cycle, and uh, more so in uh, B2B sales or enterprise sales, uh, people uh, have three to six months of a long sales cycle as well. But, but for a small business owner, it becomes very difficult to sustain themselves through that long sales cycle. So um, what is your advice, how people can reduce this sales cycle and how they can effectively manage the timelines in their forecasting activity? 
see my i personally believe uh, sales cycle uh, reducing sales cycle is not very easy because for every product uh, a sales cycle is different and the sales cycle also depend, de- depends on how a customer perceives the product especially you know if you are selling something which is expensive on the premium side if you are adding a premium to your service or product the customer will take much longer time to take a decision like if you ask me to spend 100 rupees i'll not think but as soon as you make it from 100 to 10000 i'll think for 10 days at least to spend that 10000 while maybe even 10000 if you say my bank balance and 10000 is much lower but still that you know affinity to spend something because of the background culture we belong uh, it's not easy for our customers to spend big amount so here comes the point that to reduce a sales or Uh, cycle there are two things of course in the b2c way of selling there's a catch always now discounts uh, offers and this is the right time if you don't buy it but you know what has happened is most of the companies they keep giving those discounts throughout the year so i have seen now even that is not helping customers yeah. <laughs> to take the quick decision right exactly. so they've understood that this marketing gimmick and uh, this sale to kabhi bhi milega that's what i keep hearing people say I think people have discount fatigue now. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, but uh, you know when I think twenty uh, years back when there was a sale, we used to all rush to the shopping mall, and that used to be the time we used to collect, right? So things have changed from that. But if you really want to, uh, you know, reduce your sales cycle, uh, I think more than reducing, especially because we are talking in terms of forecasting, I think it's better to work on increasing your pipeline. than trying to reduce in your sales uh, cycle right so if i was uh, in in a place where i don't have enough deals um than getting stressed out for this quarter or this month i would focus only on increasing my pipeline by four times eight times 10 times and because the bigger the pipeline i have the higher probability i have to convert those into real opportunities and real business and uh, you know get some customers who have an urgency to by because else there is no other way you know i i have seen deals closing in 10 days also million dollar deals and which was like one in 10 years maybe but that only happens when you keep talking to lot of people and keep growing your pipeline that somewhere it will you know somebody will have that kind of need so that's my suggestion and that's probably uh, an exception that a million dollar deal getting closed in 10 days <laughs> that's an exception uh, but yes i love the conversation of sales pipeline and uh, throw a little light on um, how people can uh, correlate building of sales pipeline with the forecasting that they, they've done okay uh, see the first step if i can say that uh, how how you should forecast and then you should decide how you want to do your pipeline in my eyes so if you're in a small and medium uh, business you know you're a startup the first thing you have to do is i'm assuming you've done business for a year at least you write down the names of all your customers and all your prospects whom we are talking okay so let me say like smita anita raju uh, sham four customers i have okay c1 c2 c3 c4 so in a simple excel sheet 1 2 3 4 and then the next column should be which products and which services go for that customer like sheila will need my product a and service 3 you might have 10 services but you know sheila has a customer's need and she will not need all 10 which two you know fits her need you write it down there same for c2 c3 c4 once you do that then let's understand where are you in those conversation with the customer like we call it stages in the big organization so i i break it up for my entrepreneur friends i break it up into simple you know three stages initial uh, progressing at closure 
only this much so you just you know put it beside that where are you in that conversation just initiated or not uh, started also can be one okay so just initiated uh, in the middle progressing or at closure so if you know that uh, when you start doing this you'll suddenly see three you know three or four customers in a list of 10 where you've not spoken about three or four of your services or um uh three or four of your products and that's from where you start getting the idea of okay this is where i have to start building pipeline and then using different messaging and marketing technique you start building those focus pipeline but see the point is uh, i've worked with marketing teams throughout my life while they do that uh, you know entire uh, pitch to the whole community and and try and get more and more leads for us the way sales team works like focused three customers telling them end to end our story of the organization i represent and then they picking up from there that works a better way of generating a solid authentic and higher value pipeline this is always we have seen beat uh, you know whenever we brainstorm so i suggest we should all do that first list down customers then list down your products and services map to those customers need then list down the stages you are in and once you realize which are those gaps which you haven't yet catered to or talk to your customer make a plan of pipeline building around it that's my way of doing right first uh, identify uh, your customers and uh, what is the uh, ticket value you are selling to each one of them and accordingly you will have uh, a cumulative number a figure for uh, what is the a proposed revenue that you are generating with this existing pipeline and if you want to exceed that revenue number then of course you have to build your pipeline a little further right if we take a step back and uh, try to work uh, or take a different approach where we say that uh, for example i don't want to work around from bottom ups like i have x a number of clients right now or customers right now they are generating x number of revenue for me uh, if i want to increase my revenue from from say 10% 20% or 50% and accordingly these are the number of new customers that i want to bring into my pipeline that's one approach the another approach which uh, probably i've heard you speak about earlier also is working top down which is uh, related to tam the a total addressable market and actually this was a word thrown about recently in the shark tank india as well so uh, so help us understand this uh, terminology and what's this approach of working on sales forecasting okay lovely so yeah so the, i loved somehow shark tank and it has opened up our minds you know how to use those big things in a small way as well and uh, but tam has been a regular concept in our world in the bigger businesses see tam is your target addressable market means the amount of money people are going to spend on that service or that product in which you are also functioning as a business for example coaching world you've suddenly seen there has been a boom a lot of coaches a lot of facebook ads people so how how what is the tam the tam has become like you know trillion dollars why because things have suddenly opened up the virtual world the way you can you know become a global trainer sitting in a small city even like indore and and suddenly uh, you, everything was at your and people have su- suddenly started investing on uh, increasing their brand value by, by various coaching and stuff so the good business people understood that this 
target addressable market. See, so that's what I'm saying. The addressable market also keeps changing based on the economics. So every single time, you know, every single uh, year or in two quarters, we should analyze our addressable market and its value. Like the, if you ask me, the security market in India, we have a number, we know. So, and it's not, uh, it's not my prediction. There are companies like IDC who will do a thorough analysis and tell us that this is the number, this is the amount of money that people are going to spend in your industry buying security products. And when you know that, then you start making a plan that, okay, if I get 10% of so of this number, I can grow by 30% this year from what I've done last year. So this is a top-down way of approach, which we all do it in the big businesses. But for our listeners here, I think, uh, see, TAM should only be a motivation for us in the sense we know that we are in a market which has more than enough opportunities for everybody to survive and make you know good business out of it. But when forecasting, it is not important uh, for us in this case. How we should forecast is what is that we want? If we haven't break even yet or we've just started, the immediate first step is to break even. So to break even, please forecast that number. Whatever you have invested, you should at least generate that much of revenue. So that you are in a no profit, no loss zone. And how would you do that? Again, there are steps that you would have to think based on your business. So that's one very simple way of forecasting. Now, if you have reached that stage where you are basically in a no profit, no loss, all your investments have been returned. Now let's start making some profits. In that, see your forecast can be three type categories is what generally I've seen people do it. One is linear. You decide beginning of the year, Rashni, I'm going to increase by 20% year on year. And I think a double digit growth, beautiful growth. That's as an entrepreneur, what I think. We clap. Okay, awesome. That's a good way. And we call it the linear straight line way of forecasting. The other way is people like ambitious people who will say, no, no, what straight line? I And this is, I break even. Now I have money to reinvest and I want to go exponentially. All these big startups, which you hear now, the, the Zomatos, Swiggies of the world, they will forecast that way. Boss, I am going to make so much money this year. So you pay this, you invest me, I will do this and this. So that's another way of forecasting. If you are, you know, hyper about growth, uh, you want to grow exponentially, that's what you should do. You should say, yes, I'm going to grow by 200% this year. And this is this is my forecast and this I'll do. The third way of forecasting is, uh, you know, uh, is... Uh, the number is only on ambition without uh, much about it. In the sense, you can also say, if it's not a number, you can also say, I want to be a leader in, in this space. So that's that's how I see forecasting, right? So one is a regular way of number. And one is that, you know, I want to at least be the second best. I want to be number one in my region, okay? In my city, I want to have the maximum number okay i run a trading center i'm just giving this example for some reason so i will say in my city or in my region mohalla okay on, only within my uh, 4 kilometers i will be number 1 so i will figure out okay who is the next one um, abc training is the next uh, is the well known one and she gets 8000 students in 3 months so my forecast should be i will make sure i get 8500 students and that becomes a number and i run backwards so this can also be a way where you work on being the capturing a market share than actually capturing a revenue it's more about the positioning of your uh, business or the brand rather than uh, following the number game but it's more about the positioning and a leaderboard kind of a thing 
Exactly. So market share we are forecasting because see forecasting is also target setting, but I see forecasting more uh, has to be realistic because again, it should not demotivate you of not doing it. So if you forecast that you will do 100 rupees, you should be doing 101 rupee, not even 105. So a good businessman will be so, so precise in forecasting, you know, Roshni. And uh, and I've always seen that good businessman uh, knowing their game so well that their forecast is never wrong. Business, business women in, in our case. Women. Yes, yes. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. So very well explained. Yes, I uh, perfectly uh, agree to what you've said that, uh, uh, yes, it is uh, not about the numbers per se, but it is more about giving you a direction and uh, just knowing what you are doing next in your business. So, uh, okay, uh, so one conversation is about uh, what to do and uh, how far your vision can go. Uh, but then the another part of it is the reality as to uh, at the end of the year, what if we don't meet those numbers? What if the forecasting that we have done, we are not able to achieve that? So what are the things that one should be looking for while evaluating or reviewing the outcomes? And how can we next time going forward, make it more foolproof and better? A beautiful question, Roshni. And I think, uh, you know, this makes or breaks a good businesswoman or a good saleswoman, right? See the understanding, um, uh, one thing is, uh, this has to be part of our culture from day one. If you're starting an organization also, you should do it from day one In your, if you're one man or one woman army as well, right? I, I would want to give a small example here. I think I understood the value of forecasting from a very young, uh, uh, you know, when I was young, my mother used to ask me every time after exam, uh, how much marks will I get? Okay, and so I, I used to tell I used to tell her 78, 76, like that. And she used to say, how can you say you just say between 72 to 80 mama I said, no i used to say no i'll get 76 you will not believe i used to get either 77 or 75 so it is always hover around the, i i used to be so precise in forecasting so so you know from there if today i calculate you will forecast well only if you know what you are talking about so you have to be thick and thin in your game right you have to know your customers you have to know your market you have to know what your competitors are doing and you have to follow a sales discipline to forecast properly. So that is one. But just imagine after in, in the end of the year, if you see you or your team, whatever has been forecasted has not worked out. Either you've done much, much higher or you've done lower. Both are a problem, Rajni. I keep a lot of entrepreneurs saying if they do more, it's fine. But that's not fine. That means something is wrong with your understanding of the market or how your customers are behaving. So either of them if happens i think look back into three things okay first is again the pipeline whether the pipeline is is the right pipeline or not and based on the pipeline the stages that you have divided your cases or deals whether really that cra i told the 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 reason you know the, the critical reason for the customer to act that's a very very important question in uh, forecasting if you know that correctly, if you know your customer pulse correctly, you'll always forecast correct. That's my point. Second is, if you have a sales team, that means they are not efficient. If you have a team to run for you and then the forecast is not right, that means they are doing the forecasting wrong. They are not close to the customer or they are not understanding your sales cycle. And third is, uh, you know, sometimes remember forecasting is not an ambition. It is a realistic number. So a lot of uh, entrepreneurs just forecast based on the ambition they have. 
which is a big no no it's basically a science along with it there is an art right it's a science and art i would tell but it is not ki i it's my dream number roshni i want to do 100 crore but 100 crore will take 5 years so you you know decide on that growth and forecast but a lot of times i see uh, all of us doing this mistake of giving an aspirational number in forecasting than uh, doing a base check so i think look back and do these three things pipeline check with your sales team and make sure that your forecast number is realistic and uh, i think that that problem will not be there very rightly uh, said and uh, and the evergreen factor of knowing the pulse of your uh, clients customer and the market that is a given that you have to tap into these things in order to uh, arrive at a very calculated and well informed decision of what your revenue target looks like for a given year so a uh, very well explained uh, roshni i am sure the listener will uh, hugely benefit from this conversation to conclude i would like to know from a sales leader what is your top sales mantra something that you really believe in when it comes to great selling i think i personally believe in value selling roshni i i just uh, don't believe in that pushing a sales role or that that response i always believe in value selling show value uh, work on the need of my customers show them the value i can get from them and be there for for them in their difficult time so that when their time comes to spend that money they will spend it on your product and your service so that has been my principle always so i've i've always sold with my head held high and uh, never in a begging mode and uh, value selling is is my principle or my mantra and because we are talking about forecasting i want to tell uh, you know all our listeners forecasting is like um, for for business people it is like the salary for our uh, people like us like when i know by the end of the month i will get that salary i plan my month much better right i don't feel worked up if my son wants to buy an expensive shoe i know that salary will come and i'll pay so same for forecast is for all business women out there if you forecast you know exactly where you can spend what and uh, life is much more set because else you know we are running behind 10 things without knowing what will hit but when you forecast and start working you know where you want to go and then you run on on whichever path works for you but you know where you want to end and uh, the feeling is much more uh, what should i say better the feeling of accomplishment uh, is higher in that case is what i have seen that's so important and well said that to lead with value first and uh, don't have an aspirational number aspirations are good to have a vision for your business but uh, be more calculated in your approach when you are setting goals setting revenue targets for your business very well said thank you so much for enlightening us today rajni thank you so much and uh, thanks for this uh, wonderful conversation thank you i hope it helps our listeners wow now that was like a lot to digest i know sales forecasting might not seem easy peasy right now but if you want to have a robust and sustainable business you've got to do some hard things this might be just one of them but totally worth it I hope what we've shared here will help you do sales forecasting for this financial year. And if there's any place where you feel you need more clarity, more help, feel free to book a 30-minute free consult call with me. And if you want to reach out to our guest, by all means, go ahead and do that. Her coordinates are mentioned in the show notes. Just let her know that you found her through this podcast so that she can pay special attention to you. That's all for today. Thanks so much for being here and promise me that we will meet inside the next episode of Ace the Sales. I'll see you soon. Till then, this is your host Roshni Boronia signing off. Bye.